Welcome to GYN Corner with Dr. McDaniel, all things health-related for women. Good morning, this is Dr. McDaniel at GYN Corner. I'm a board-certified obstetrician-gynecologist in New York City, and I'm bringing to you all things health-related for women. Thank you for joining me today at GYN Corner. Uh, today is a special presentation. I had a, a um, I guess, a viewer, a viewer request um, to speak on how this whole coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, how it affects pregnant women. I originally was not going to speak on coronavirus at all, simply because um, so many health providers are speaking about it that I don't think I need to add anything to the mix. But I do try to always um, answer viewer questions. So a viewer asked uh, the question, actually I just saw it a couple days ago, but the question was asked about two weeks ago, how does the coronavirus or this COVID-19 disease affect pregnant women? So I guess my, my first statement will be to always, if you have medical questions, you could always go to the Centers for Disease Control, CDC. They have a website. They have uh, all of the issues with the majority of community acquired or um, epidemic, pandemic, uh, infectious diseases and management and treatment. So you can always go to the CDC website. They have uh, um, information on corona and pregnancy. When it comes to women's health issues and pregnancy, you can also always go to the American College of Obstetrician Gynecologists or the ACOG. We have a website through our national uh, credentialing um, body and they have a patient portion so you can always go to the patient segment of the American College of Obstetrician Gynecologists and they will answer uh, questions for patient uh, uh, information and then I guess lastly I will answer the question myself so the the big answer is we don't know. So if you go to CDC, a lot of the information says we don't know. That's because, as we know, they're calling it a novel coronavirus. That's because it's a new infection. So we don't have enough information and experience and statistics built up to really give solid answers for most of, most of the questions that people are answer, asking. So the big answer is we don't know. And because we don't know specifically how the coronavirus affects pregnant women, we have to extrapolate based on what we know about pregnancy at state and how other viral infectious diseases affect the pregnant state. Now, I'll just uh, backtrack for two seconds and say that I get a lot of questions from patients on what's a virus, what's a bacteria. My, my pan answer is you have to take a course to know exactly what the difference is. Um, the shorter answer, I guess that's a short answer. The long answer is, uh, you know, bugs, bacteria are bugs, and we treat them with antibiotics. So they're kind of like germs or cooties. Uh, so bugs are bacteria, or um, another word people use are um, microbes. We treat bacteria with antibiotics. Viruses are um, 
they're less substantial, they're mostly in the air, and we cannot treat viruses with antibiotics except for a very, very small portion of viruses which, for whatever reasons, actually can act like bacteria. So viruses, we usually treat with antiviral medications or we tell people it's gonna wear off. So like if you have a stomach flu or um, the regular seasonal flu, uh, then we'll say it will go away on its own. You treat it with you know, an analgesics, antipyretics, uh, so pain medicine, fever medicine, drink lots of fluids, and you um, uh, just let it wear out of your system. Uh, with the seasonal flu, we have antiviral medications like the Tamiflu, and that can, if it's taken quickly enough, can fight the virus. Uh, or with herpes or HIV, we have antiviral medications. So uh, famciclovir, acyclovir, valciclovir. With the HIV, there's lots of antiviral medications, so they're treated differently. Uh, and we know, based on the seasonal flu, that pregnant women, uh, because the immune system is slightly compromised with pregnancy, it's a little bit easier to get infections and to have the ramifications or the symptoms from the infections. Excuse me. <coughs> and um, we know that because predominantly the lung capacity or the pulmonary status is also slightly compromised um, in the first trimester because of um, progesterone, and in the third trimester, because just physically, the lung has less capacity or space to expand. So the lungs are slightly compromised. We know that with the seasonal flu or even with um, chicken pox, varicella, viral infection, pregnant women respond worse than non-pregnant women to those viral infections and the pulmonary response is worse. It's much easier for pregnant women to have, uh, um, I guess, what's the word I'm thinking? I'm going, that's pneumonia, to have lung compromisation and pneumonia from varicella virus and from the seasonal flu. That's why we always recommend that pregnant women get the flu shot because of the slightly compromised immune system and the lung status. So we don't have strong information for pregnant women because we don't have the statistical numbers to prove that it's valid, but we do assume that if someone's pregnant, they may respond a little bit worse to the infection. Now, how will it affect the baby? The question is always, when someone's pregnant, will that infection cross the placental or the, the barrier from the blood to the amniotic fluid? <coughs> we don't know. There are a couple of cases where women have had some compromisation of the baby. We call those anecdotal because it's only a few random cases. And also instances where they someone has had the coronavirus or they've had COVID and they've delivered and the antibodies for that infection have been seen in the umbilical cord blood, um, which is the blood going to and or coming from the baby. Well, that's more reasonable because we do know that the immune system protection goes from the mother to the baby. So that's 
a good thing because the baby for the short term, while it does not have its ability to create its own immune system protection or antibodies, it's covered. The mother loans her immune system protection or antibodies to the baby. So the baby is protected for the first several weeks, potentially a few months. Uh, so we do know that the immune system protection crosses over to the baby. We don't know if the actual infection can cross over to the baby or if there are potentially any um, developmental problems. The thinking, just based historically on other infections like um, the flu, the thinking is that because physically, if you're a, an adult uh, or a young adult who gets the infection, the worst issue that happens is the lung compromisation. You don't see people getting um, rashes or sores or having any kind of brain problems from the coronavirus. It's really just a compromisation of the pulmonary status. So that being said, in utero, the babies aren't using their lungs. Um, they're not oxygenating with their lungs. They're getting all the oxygen through the blood system. So if someone has the coronavirus infection and the baby potentially gets the infection from the mother, there should not be any issues for the baby because we don't see any physical problems except the lungs. The babies don't use the lungs. They're getting oxygen through the blood system. They make breathing motions, but they're passing fluids through their lungs. So we think that that's just to keep the muscles developed and strong. <coughs> intercostal muscles in the ribs that are moving when we take a deep breath in and out and to keep uh, the circulation going through the lungs but we know the babies aren't actually using the lungs so if the baby gets an infection it would not get pneumonia because it's not relying on the lungs for oxygenation uh, it would not be until after the baby is delivered and um, conceivably with the mother developing antibodies or immune system protection, the baby will also have those antibodies and immune system protection. So when it's delivered, even if it's in the midst of a coronal uh, infection or COVID-19 manifestation, the likelihood that it would be severely compromised upon delivery is extremely low. So I hope that's been helpful information. We don't have solid 100% information and statistics based on experience because in the world we don't have enough specific experience, but we can use medical common sense based on what we know of the pregnant state, the fetal or the baby in utero state, and the experience or the manifestations of other illnesses. So thank you for joining me here at GYN Corner. I hope that was helpful information and answered the viewer question on how does the coronavirus affect pregnant women. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for hitting the like, subscribe buttons. And please check out the YouTube channel. It's also called GYN Corner. And check out the podcast. It's also called GYN Corner. Stay safe. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Good afternoon. Uh, this is Dr. McDaniel. And I am a gynecologist here in Manhattan, New York City. I'm just starting this page, this post. I'm committed to do a at least a five to ten minute post every day, including the weekends. And I'll give a bit of a background for myself today. 
today is Wednesday, April 10th, and I decided to do the post because I've been thinking of writing a book for about seven years now, and I just never got around to doing it. And through a lot of research and um, some personal work, I decided perhaps I'll do a, a Facebook page and then do some live broadcast every day. Eventually I can transcribe them and have a book. And the impetus for the book is because uh, as a gynecologist, I encounter a lot of issues, concerns on a daily basis. Um, a lot of them are universal, doesn't matter the age, doesn't matter the background. Um, and some of them are funny, some of them are sad. It's just an interesting, it's an interesting foray or glimpse into the lives of women um, across ethnicities and um, socioeconomic backgrounds. I'm here in New York City, the Big Apple, so I see a lot of different people from different parts of the world. And I just thought it would be interesting. I always say I should write a book because people are, are fascinating. And um, to give a bit of background on myself, I am originally from Seattle, Washington. I moved here after medical school. So I grew up in Seattle. I went to medical school in Seattle, at university and medical school in Seattle. So eight years at University of Washington. And Seattle's a great place to grow up. It's a nice place to have a family, at least back in the 60s to the 80s when I was there. I moved out here to New York City for residency for gynecology, obstetrics and gynecology in 1993. I've been here ever since, did my four years of residency, and I've been in private practice since 1997, so for 26 years now. Is that 26 years? I guess it's almost 27 years now, so time is marching on. and. Um, I like New York when I came out here. It's a busy, exciting place. I was young and single. How old was I? I was 23 when I came here. Now I'm 50, so it's still okay. And New York has changed a lot. That'll be a different blog. And um, I've been here for 27 years now. May will make 27 years. I've seen a lot of changes in New York City, the environs. I've seen a lot of changes in, in the people who are here. Uh, and the, the interactions with people have changed a lot in, in 26, 27 years. And medicine has changed a lot in 27 years. It's changed the most drastically of everything. So I came out here as a very young, energetic medical doctor. And now I'm not so young still relatively energetic, I like to think, um, seasoned physician. So this page will be really to give some insight into, it's more like a daily daily journal and um, a video, video log of my life and my daily interactions. And I came here, I was single and young, now I'm middle-aged, married with four children, so the next blog, uh, I guess I should say vlog, the next vlog, 
The next post will be tomorrow. I'll pick up where I left off. So now today I've just given a little bit about where I came from, what brought me here to New York City, and my professional life. Um, and tomorrow I'm going to post uh, a little bit about my youth and um, family life. And I'll try to end each vlog with something interesting that happened during my, my work day today. Today was interesting because it was a little bit on the slow side. I think we saw around 15, 16 people, a little on the slow side. But every day is interesting. I'm dealing with different people. Um, I can't really think of anything fascinating that's happened today. It's been the kind of bread and butter GYN, routine exams, people with infections. I had a lady with a retained tampon today that we figured out that tampon's been sitting in her vagina for about three months now because she's been having weird spotting, bleeding, and an odor for three months. So I guess the... Uh, the, the take-home message for today is if you have abnormal bleeding, especially if you have a bad odor, because it's not normal to have a bad odor, you always want to see the gynecologist and get it checked out. She had absolutely no clue that there was a tampon that was the source of her odor, and her dis bloody discharges should always be a concern for three months. So if you have weird symptoms like that, Please just come on in. No harm, no foul. You don't have any problem. Uh, it can be sorted out quickly. But she had a tampon sitting there for three months. I removed it. She was in shock. Uh, not literal shock, but figurative shock. She was surprised. So that's the take home message for today. I'm going to give a little spiel on something. It's not so interesting to me because I see it from time to time, but something that people really should be on top of. So if you have weird bleeding or a bad odor, please always come in as soon as possible. It's not an emergency, but you should come in within a day or two, ideally within the week, to get it sorted out, because that's never normal. All right, thank you very much. Have a good rest of the evening. This is Thursday, April, no, I'm going crazy. This is Wednesday, April 10th, and this is Dr. McDaniel, and I'm calling this page the GYN Corner.